We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the KCSN Draft Show. He's my favorite player in the draft. This dude right here, he's going to be one of those guys that I stand on the table If for. I could, I would trade up for this guy. This guy has a beat on an early My Guy stamp. A very merry draftmas to all of you. Thanks for joining us today. My name's Kent Swanson. This is the KCSN Draft Show. Kind of the first full episode that you got of this here on the KCSN podcast channels really excited to be talking today with a couple buddies here first find them on twitter at chief in carolina maddie lane what's up yo i'm torn um college football season's over so that's disappointing but now there's like there's no reason not to be talking about the nfl draft like i you guys have to listen to me talk about it now because it matters so like this is good this is this is right up my alley this is what i want but we don't really need to talk about me today like today's not about me we have our good friend, Zach Hicks, is here with us. He's going to be joining us with the KC Draft Guide, you know, helping us out on the KC Draft Guide, taking part in this this year. And we are so happy to have Zach here. So, Zach, I, you know, you probably have not talked to these guys in a little while. You know, we're going to be talking to a lot of Chiefs fans here. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell these people where they can read about anything that you do. And just, you know, tell us, uh, tell us exactly how old you are. So that way, when we have age gaps in our conversations, people know where it's coming from. When I don't get any reference that you guys make to stuff back in the old days, you know, I can't, I can't figure it out. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm super excited to be a part of the, uh, the draft guide this year. You know, I've read it every single year. You guys, we've always kind of uh, talked about prospects. We sat down in Mobile and, you know, praised all those players down in Mobile every single year. We always do that. We, uh, we told the Shea Patterson story on our last episode ever at Arrowhead Pride when we yeah. were like rest- reminiscing on stories and stuff like that. We, we, I don't know if we, I think we told it. So, um, just so you know, it was good. I, I don't know if we kept your name. I think we might have kept your name. Out of it, I think we did. I think we did. But, uh, yeah, the thing with Zach is Zach has been, we've been, we've met up in mobile like every year. Uh, we've, watched a bunch of prospects together um and we've talked we talked draft a lot with zach regardless and zach's i genuinely i'm not trying to you know don't just earmuffs or something don't listen i think zach is like one of the best young 
draft writers, I think, in the in literally the world. I mean, we are all very niche here, but it's a good niche to be a part of, Zach. So, uh, dude, we're really we're really pumped to have you be part of the draft guide. Yeah, thank you, man. And uh, for young, yeah, I'm 24 years old. Uh, <laughs> not, oh, cool. not super young. Like we're not talking like like 18 year old kid who's been <laughs> trying to do no, this for years. This but... is perfect. I now have another youth on my side of the draft guide, so I'm no longer outnumbered three to one. Like now, Zach and I get to be the youths versus Jake and Kent. Like we're what's, perfect. What's amazing to me is that like Zach and Tucker are like a year apart, but Zach carries himself way older than Tucker does. (laughs) Oh, look, look, I'm 24, but like I'm married, been working for six years. Like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm a very worn out 24. So you you carry yourself a little older when you're a worn out 24. You could be Craig's son. And that's just my, that's my favorite fact. Oh, geez. Well, we should, we should probably talk some draft here at some point. So um, I obviously the national championship game just happened this last week. And I think that's a good place to stop or start. We're going to, we're going to talk about plenty of prospects in that game that declared. Uh, and honestly, like we're going to be talking about some of the guys that declared some of the guys that are returning uh, to college. And if names pop up while we're talking about the natty, don't care if we just go there, honestly. So um I just want your initial thoughts on the national ch- championship game, uh, guys. What do you got? What do you, what do you, what did you, what was just your takeaway from that game, Maddie? Um, that the SEC is a lot better than every other conference <laughs> in college football, and it's not even close. Like, there's, there's fast, there's physical, and then there's SEC fast and physical. You can go watch just Michigan play all year long and physically dominate everybody they go up against and be faster than them. And then you watch them just get run off the field by Georgia in every aspect. But then watching Georgia versus Alabama, and this is one of the weaker Alabama rosters you're ever going to come across, but it was competitive athletically. Both teams are hitting. Both teams are like the same speed. You know, Georgia has a little edge because they have more talent. But it's just – it's so much faster. It's so much more physical watching SEC football. Like, it, it's one of the things that annoys me when you start talking draft prospects or college football – when people start talking about SEC bias, like, yeah, of course I have it. They're just better. Like, that's fine to say. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, my big takeaway, my whole thought process was, how can I get, like, 10 of these guys from both of these teams on the Colts <laughs> when the Colts only have, like, two picks before day three in this in this draft? Like, there's so much talent on the field. I mean, just in Georgia's front seven alone, you could probably make an NFL defense. You know, just that yeah. front seven. I mean, those guys are all, like – going to be first or second round picks by Wait, the time you, they're all out zach you may not be able to make that you may not be able to make a, a a front seven out of georgia players because you don't have the draft capital to do it yeah yeah that's the thing exactly like it's it is just such a loaded unit i mean in bama on the other side obviously i mean they had so much talent playing i know they had a couple injuries to some of their their top guys that williams went down and and mechie wasn't in this game but i mean it, it was just a battle the whole time. And and I think the biggest thing I need to ask you, Kent, is, you know, in this quarterback class, oh, it's, no. it's such a weak class. You know, <laughs> did Stetson Bennett kind of kind of establish himself as quarterback one? You know, did, did he take that step forward for you? National champion Stetson Bennett. <laughs> it, I don't know if we talked about this in the DMs or not, <laughs> but <laughs> there was this tweet this week where it was basically like Stetson Bennett's unsure of his future and won't commit to coming back to Georgia next year. 
No, Why you, not? Put, you put that in the DM, and I said, "Okay, where, like, where's he going? Like, <laughs> how did you process the NFL?" I mean this with all sincerity. It makes way more sense for him to spend a year in Georgia collecting NIL deal, deals for the next year and playing at Georgia because that might be the extent of the money he makes. Because, uh, <laughs> like, uh, professional football. I don't think is in his future. I'm sorry. I, Maddie, Maddie, like you're chomping and jumping here. Would you? No, I was just going to say, you know, when Bill O'Brien gets a head coaching job, like he's going to be having nightmares with Stetson Bennett. So he might draft him. Like there, there's a path there to success with Bill look, O'Brien. Shea Patterson. You got to look by the chiefs. Wait a second. I, Shea Patterson might be a better athlete somehow than Stetson Bennett. I know he's no, kind Stetson of Stetson jitter- Bennett's squirrely. He's a he's squirrely, but he's not a good athlete. <laughs> like there's a difference. There's a difference here. Um, did you have any other takeaways uh from that game, Maddie, that you wanted to uncover? Is that is that about it? I, yeah, I'm just going to give a quick nod to some of the underclassmen. Like, just if anybody that doesn't follow the draft all year round, there might be some guys that you saw flash in that game that aren't going to be eligible for this year's draft class. So Jalen Carter, defensive tackle for Georgia, he's prob- he might be the best player in their front seven, and he's not even draft eligible. Like, we're talking about all these guys that are going to go in the first or second round. Carter might be the best one. He's not draft eligible. And then on the other side, number 31 for Alabama, Will Anderson, easily the best player in college football this past year easily going to be the number one pick whenever he does come out presumably next year so i mean those are just two guys i think jumped off the field like immediately that we won't talk about the rest of you know this season because they're not in this draft but they deserve a mention here we'll be talking about all these guys next year (laughs) 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 like like what ram that corner i think isn't it like rambo or something for what's that other corner's name for georgia Uh, across from kendrick how dare you not know a 2022 draft prospect but, off the top of your head? No, Ringo? The one that Ringo, had the interception? Ringo, yeah. Ringo. Yes, Ringo. Like, that he's going to probably be a first-round pick next year, too. Like, all these guys are first-round. Like, well, doing this show, like, next year at this time, all the guys that we were like, oh, yeah, they look pretty good in that championship. We'll be talking about how they performed next year's championship, getting ready for that draft. Yep, Stetson Bennett leading Georgia to two straight national championship. <laughs> no chance. Uh, <laughs> I was, there was one other thought I had when you're talking about just the speed of the game, Maddie. And I think it's kind of watching, uh, watching Brian Robinson jr. Play and trying to look, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in charge of running backs for the, for the draft guide. And I was just watching Brian Robinson and trying to place some of the other backs that I've watched into that game. And like, I just couldn't see it. <laughs> like, I just couldn't see it. So like, I, 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 that just speaks, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I like Brian Robinson. Like, I don't think he's a, a world beating talent. I think he, I think I put a round four on him, but I just thought it was just kind of fun to watch him in, in the tape that you get to see of him versus, you know, some of these other backs that you have to kind of, you know, squint and, and project a little differently because they're not playing against, I mean, I'm sorry, conference USA on a Thursday night just doesn't hit the same. And he has such a unique running style, too. I mean, like, I'm with you. He's, uh, you know, he's not the typical Alabama running back, but you watch him in this game, and some of those runs that he had where he's shrugging off first-round linebackers just to pick up three yards. Like, the what you have to do to just be not terrible in the SEC is a different level than just being great anywhere else. And, like, since we're talking about him, I mean, he's a draft-eligible guy, and, like, you kind of talked about where you are. 
this running back class as a whole isn't great. So that's good for Brian Robinson because like, he's just, he's in a weird spot. He's an upright runner. He's physical, but I don't know if he's necessarily like super powerful. He's just hard to bring down. He gives you the very prototypical tall, upright running Alabama running back feel just without quite the dynamic ability. But then you compare him to the rest of the class and you're like, well, there's only two or three guys definitely better than him in this class at best. Uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and talk about some of the prospects that declared. Uh, because, like, obviously, like, the underclassmen, a lot of times you're going to see the kind of the push, the influx of top 100 guys, a lot of guys uh, that, that that leave school early. And there's plenty to talk about. And there's a lot that are going to pop up from this Georgia-Bama game. So we're probably not done talking about the Georgia-Bama game entirely because there's going to be some guys that show up here. But we'll, we'll kind of shift it a little bit. So a couple of guys, that, you know, one of the guys declaring Tyler Linderbaum, uh, I've seen some people giving him top 10 buzz, Zach. I'm not sure if I'm all the way there, but he is a very good football player. Yeah, I think I have one game grade on him. I think we just got a second one on him, so I could, you know, get closer to a final grade on him. But I think I think I gave him like a mid to late first or something. Uh, freaky, freaky athlete. I mean, he's the fastest player on the field, it looks like sometimes. Like when he's getting out on, a, on the screen, he looks faster than any linebacker, defensive back on the field. Uh, it, it gives me um, uh, Garrett Bradbury vibes from when he was in college, which is how fast he moved. Uh, except Linderbaum actually has some strength. <laughs> yeah, I was say, that was the thing. Did we watch Garrett Bradbury in Mobile one year? Yeah, I was so high on him, man. I was I was smitten just because the way he moved. I was like, I was trying. I was like, oh, Jason Kelsey. It's Jason Kelsey again, except without the strength. <laughs> yeah, but now Linderbaum's a blast. Uh, I do think. I don't, I don't really, there's so many things that you could look at him and say like, oh, this should be like, like a Quentin Nelson level prospect because you have all the wrestling stuff that people are throwing out there from when he was destroying uh, Werfs in high school, I believe. So it's like, oh, he's got that wrestling background. He's got uh, all this training where he plays Iowa, the O-line factory, uh, his great moments on film, but it is a little inconsistent. He does get rocked sometimes by live at Wisconsin was a great game to watch for all that kind of stuff. Wisconsin was a battle in the trenches. Uh, but at the end of the day, he'll be a first round pick. He'll be a long time starter. Uh, I don't know top 10 though. I, I, I don't think I can go that high on him. It's not that he's a bad player. No. It's just that it's a center. And taking a center in the top 10, like I'm trying to remember the last center, Maddie, that went top 10. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm like even I'll even move off of center. It's like okay, Zach is a Colts fan. Right? So I don't know if everybody knows that, but Zach is an Indianapolis Colts fan. They drafted Quentin Nelson in the top ten, and I don't think anybody has any regrets about that. But if you're going to put Linderbaum up versus Quentin Nelson as prospects, like it's not that close. Like Linderbaum's yeah. a great prospect, but he's not that close to Quentin Nelson that you think you can just pencil him in there. It's so like I'm I'm with Zach. I think he's more of a late round one, maybe mid round one, if a team really feels like they need to go get him. But then he mentioned it, that Wisconsin game. Now, Leo Chanel is probably the best downhill attacking linebacker in this draft class. He's 250 plus pounds of just raw power. So yeah, getting rocked by him isn't the worst thing. But when it happens over and over in a game, it's a little concerning to me as you move to the NFL. I just, I get flashbacks of another Iowa center, James Daniels, coming yeah. out of Iowa. Everybody loved him, super athlete. I think Linderbaum's clearly better, but they play a similar style of football and just it didn't never translated for Daniels. I'm just a little weary of taking him in the top, you know, 15, top 20 and just calling him a surefire hit at this point in time. I think right. Daniels had a good year this year, though. 
I think just to yeah, not try to not try to grow your whole point, but I think he had a good year. But I I could be mistaken. Uh, I everything that it's like something I just see on Twitter or something, and then it's in the back of my mind. I'm like, wait, maybe he had a good year. He's know. in Chicago, like the, you know, like a tree yeah. falls in the woods doesn't make a sound kind of thing. <laughs> uh, guys that we're smitten with, uh, Maddie, you have a man crush on Nicobe Dean, an early declaration for Georgia, if I remember correctly. Oh uh, yeah, Nicobe Dean's my guy. Um, I he flies around. He's a missile. You're not gonna find somebody. I don't think that plays faster than Nicobe Dean. He's not gonna you know run you know, this freakish four four flat forty like a um. Devin White coming out of LSU did or anything, but he plays so fast. You've never really seen him get outflanked to the sideline. And then you watch him take on blocks for a six foot, 230 pound at most linebacker. You watch him take on blocks with such power. And he's just so violent with everything he does. He's a high IQ player. Like it's hard to pinpoint exactly what he's so dominant at that, you know, it's going to work. But when I watch him, I just get the same feeling, not player comp wise, but the same feelings that I got watching Fred Warner or pre-injury Devin Bush in college. It's like, that's going to be a guy at the next level because the way he moves is just different than anybody else playing that position. It's like, I'm a huge Nicobe Dean fan. I would have no problem taking him in the, in the first round at the linebacker spot, even though a lot of teams, you know, don't value that as hunt anymore. Yeah, he's a blast, man. I think the way the thing that popped in my head because you know we've been doing this for so long that we watch so many guys uh, is it's like if you had Rashawn Evans, right? What Rashawn Evans was, and you put Roquan Smith's brain in him. <laughs> that's kind of what you have here, where he's got that like if you bring him on a blitz, he's gonna just he's gonna get that quarterback. Like it's, that's what Rashawn Evans was coming out, yeah. or against yeah. the run. Rashawn Evans wasn't huge, but he would light up. Uh, offensive lineman like you would not want to meet him in the hole uh you would rather meet anyone else on Bama's front seven uh but Rashawn Evans obviously did not have the um everything to be a complete linebacker in terms of the mental aspect of the game like you know figuring out uh, how to cover at all at all <laughs> but uh, so I like he's off how how would you compare him to Roquan Smith though because that's the thing that people keep bringing up like oh this is Roquan Smith again uh, top 10 player and stuff like that, which he very much could be like he's blast on film. How do you compare him to Roquan coming out though? I thought Roquan's instincts were good and I was wrong. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to excuse myself from this one. Roquan Smith has gotten a lot. Roquan Smith is a very good linebacker now. It just, it seemed to take him a little bit longer to get his wheels going in the NFL than I think a lot of people anticipated. I think that's yeah. kind of where Kent's leaning with that one. Um, I, he, he was he was lost. He was. You guys are laying into the Bears draft picks tonight. That's what. <laughs> hey, I said he's turned it around now. Well, yeah. the guy who made those picks isn't there anymore. That's so. true. It's true. He's um, gonna have like an executive role with the Chiefs or something next. And then... Ryan Pace, baby. Uh, no, I. I think Dean's more physical than Roquan Smith ever was. Yes. Like, I think that's the big difference. And now Roquan Smith might be a little bit looser of an athlete. I think mm -hmm. Dean's pretty linear. Like he's not, he's not stiff, but he's not the most fluid athlete, especially out in space. He's a lot more linear, but I think he's a little more physical. So like, I can see where you're coming from with that kind of combination of Evans and Roquan Smith, kind of like yeah. that mentality with that brain and kind of play style. I do think the biggest thing though, is just right now, Nicobe Dean can do everything. 
weeks, Roquan was still adjusting to being better in coverage as he got to the NFL. And that was kind of where the steep learning curve came from. The Kobe Dean right now, like they, they all man him up on running backs or tight ends out wide, you know, by himself. And he's had interceptions doing that. Now it hasn't been like great throws or anything, but like you can tell he's kind of ready to do all that stuff, at least at the SEC level, which is as close to the NFL as you can get. All right, uh, Zach, you did the primary grade on uh, Trayvon Walker. Just, uh, just some quick thoughts on him. I mean, this guy pr- I probably shouldn't be should be more than quick. He might be gone before the Chiefs even pick. He probably will be. Probably will. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, uh, I feel like preseason, if people were to talk about this Georgia front or whatever, Trayvon Walker wouldn't be the guy. Well, you know, he wouldn't be the guy that everybody would bring up as a, like a first round player, or even the top ten or top fifteen player, but. You know, he's someone that you really have to – like, I think I have a final grade on him. He's, like, the only player I have a final grade on right now. Uh, and that's mainly because I had to watch so many games to really get a good feel for him. Uh, he's a freak athlete. Like, he might be the freakiest athlete in that front seven. Uh, just, like – and you can never see it because of what he's asked to do. Like, you can never see it. It's very rare. Uh, but you'll you'll get an insane bull rush once you'll get, like, uh, a really nice hand swipe and, and he bends around the corner – on another play, they, they move him inside so much. So you just, it kind of hides him. It's kind of like Quiddy Pay last year when you were watching Quiddy Pay film. It's like, this guy's so good, but like, you'll, you can never see it. Um, <laughs> cause, cause they just don't, they use him so weird. College, college football sucks, but <laughs> it really does. It we, were, we were, we were, we were lamenting, we were lamenting, uh, we were lamenting North Carolina's offense earlier yes. this week because it's just like it gives you nothing. We're trying to evaluate Sam Howell this week, and it just it gives you nothing. Yep, yep. But no, Trayvon Walker, I think, is a guy who, when he gets to the NFL, he'll be a much better NFL player than college player. Uh, and I think that's what we're kind of saying. I think Dane Brugler has him as like a top fifteen player. Uh, there's a lot of people that are really, really high on Trayvon Walker, and I think the NFL is going to see his traits, and yeah, he's going to test out of this world. Uh, along with, you know, again, played in the SEC, played for Georgia, digged kind of everything on that on that defensive front. Uh, he, I think he's going to be a good player, as long as he doesn't end up in like a train wreck situation like a lot of these guys do in the NFL. Yeah, you well, so gave him a, like, Go ahead. I was going to say, you gave him a near first round grade so yeah. far here. Trayvon Walker has a near first round, uh, round grade for us in the draft guide. Yep, yep. And I, I think that'll probably get a little higher. Uh, I'm still, I mean, we have we have a lot of Georgia games, which is good. We have like... We have like eight Georgia games in there, so I got to keep watching all of his. But yeah, it's it's tough again because you see all the traits, but it, you don't fully see it enough because of what they asked him to do. Uh, so I just I just wish they would like let him loose more. Right. Uh, but in the NFL, he's going to be uh, hopefully in a different role, and he'll be able to thrive. So that was my next question: is like he's a hard guy to watch because you're going to watch an entire game and you're picking out maybe five plays to where he's like actively just rushing the passer from a, you know, defensive end type alignment. So if you're designing like the perfect fit for him in the NFL, are you sticking him as a three, four defensive end? Are you going to let him play five tech and try to two gap like George asked him to do? Or would you rather see him go to an even front team and just play defensive end, whether, you know, he kicks inside on some third downs or just like, what would your like ideal role for be for him from what you've seen so far? Yeah, I think he could do both. Uh, honestly, I think he could do either one. Uh, I think that's that's going to be a nice little appeal for teams in the draft. You know, if we have a 3-4 or 4-3, we can kind of fit him in either one of those roles. Uh, but I think just because I, I'm around Indy all so much and I watch their 4-3, uh, I think like a strong side defensive end in a 4-3, maybe kick inside 
on on some pass rushing stuff because he can do that. We've seen him uh, that he has like a nice uh, couple bull rush clips or whatever against teams this year. I think Florida had one where he threw the guard into the quarterback's lap. I mean, he has some really good moments in film from from like a three tech type uh, position. So honestly, wherever they really need him, but I, I would probably put him in a four three and kind of keep him on like that strong side, like five tech on on in the four three. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, let's talk about a couple wide receivers that declared for the draft here. Both of them wound up in the national championship as well. One of them made a very brief appearance and one we didn't think was going to be there. Jamison Williams hurt himself in the game. I believe it was an ACL tear, um, which is just it's a shame. It's a bummer that we didn't get to see him. Uh, and actually, we can add we can add we can add John Mechie into this too as well because he just declared that or he just declared as well. But we didn't see him at all in the game. But two Bama wide receivers, Mechie, Jamison Williams, but also George Pickens. And if you've been following my Twitter, George Pickens is coming off an ACL. It was an ACL, right? Am I correct? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I, I think I, it was an ACL. I was pretty sure it was an ACL. Yes, it was. It was. Yep. Okay. All these guys have ACLs. All I know, right? Yeah. All these guys do. Yeah. So George Pickens uh, came back quickly from an ACL and was able to get into the last couple games uh, of the season for Georgia and made a phenomenal catch in the in the national championship game. Uh, just just bailing Stetson Bennett out for the most explosive <laughs> pass play of the game. Uh, full dive somehow was able to maintain the football through a roll. It was just, it was wildly impressive. Um, and I'll just talk about him really quick. I love the idea of James of George Pickens coming to Kansas city. I think here's the thing I'm worried about. I don't think teams care about ACLs anymore. I don't think that they're as worried about ACLs. I don't think I don't think George Pickens hurt his stock enough to put him in a situation where he could be feasibly be drafted by the chiefs, but I'm trying so hard to manifest this. It feels though, Maddie, because every year there's always a guy early in the year that I'm like, Oh, let's, I hope this guy falls in the chiefs at 32. And then he winds up going like 15th. 
George Pickens is the exact kind of guy where you hope you're getting a steal maybe, but by the time April rolls around, there's just not even a chance. And he's just an afterthought. So here's the really hard part about George Pickens. I think if you go back and watch him as a freshman for Georgia with Fromm throwing the football to him, he nice. looks great. He is literally the prototype of a number one wide receiver in an NFL draft. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got the hands, the physicality. That's what, until like the past two or three years, that's what the NFL coveted when they're going to spend a top five, top 10 pick on a wide receiver. There was a reason he was getting AJ Green comps, and I get it. He played at Georgia, so there's a reason you're going to kind of throw that out there, same school. But he really was like flashing that potential. Then you know you have the COVID year. I believe he had an injury uh, in between those seasons. He's coming off the ACL this year. You just don't know what he's going to move like at all times. I already mentioned he had Jake Fromm throwing him the football, and then he somehow <laughs> downgraded from Fromm to Stetson Bennett. So like he's not being utilized as a receiver at all. It's really hard to peg where the NFL is going to see him. If he goes to the combine and runs a 4-4 flat, then no, no chance. He's making it to the end of first round. I don't think he will. I think he's too big for that. I don't think he has that kind of speed. But it's just, it's so hard to put where he's going to go working back from the injury with that offense. But if you're any team looking for a possession receiver, a guy that can make plays above the rim and still be a vertical threat, like George Pickens has to be option 1A or 1B right there with Drake London for your football team. All right, hey, Zach, have you had a chance to watch much Jamison Williams yet? Do you have any opinions on uh, the wide receiver out of Alabama that uh, unfortunately tore his ACL in the championship game? Yes, uh, my biggest take, and I, this might be a hot take, but he's pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty fast. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if that's out there, a little out there. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm not trying to get clickbait to your show here or anything. But. Yeah, man. Wow. This is just, this is why we brought you on to the KC. Uh, I just say one word to each guy and then just pass it along. But uh, I've watched a little bit of him. I mean, you kind of have to because Alabama's always on. Uh, so you're always watching these guys. And I mean, he is an absolute freak. I, and it's funny because you watch Ohio State's receivers. And you're like, oh, how did Jamison Williams not play? And then you see them play, and you're like, well, okay. Maybe. Did you see the guys they rolled out for against Utah that were just out here dominating? Yeah. yeah okay, exactly. Utah had a running back playing cornerback. I'm like, sorry. we got to say that a little bit. Like, there I'm was a sorry. running back. I don't care. It just <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr. was incredible. He was. Anyway, sorry. sorry, Zach. Did you have anything else to add there? No, just he's fat. No, uh, I think he's. He's insane. Uh, I think if, if it weren't for the ACL, he would be up there for wide receiver one in this class. I mean, guys just don't move like that. And then we even saw, I think it was the Cincinnati game. You could see him doing more underneath stuff because uh, yeah. Cincinnati was really taking away the deep pass. Uh, so you could kind of see him doing more underneath stuff. And he looked really good in that role. He looked perfectly fine. He was running really crisp routes. He was he was fine going over the middle against a really tough Cincinnati defense. Like, that's going to pop you. Uh I, I like a lot of his game. It's just that ACL kind of muddies a lot of it. And this is why, you know, obviously it's a championship game. You're not going to have guys opt out. But this is why guys opt out of these types of games at the end of the year because of injuries like this. Now, again, it'll never happen in a championship game. But this is why we see it. I'm going to ask you all across the board because this is going to be an interesting one. Between George Pickens, wide receiver from Georgia, Jamison Williams, and John Mechie, the receiver's, from Alabama, which one goes first, Maddie? Which one of those three goes first? Oh, it's Jamison Williams. Even with the ACL stuff, he reminds me way too much of Justin Jefferson, who's been so phenomenal in the NFL already. 
I think that I mean, teams are going to see that. They're going to immediately jump on that speed, the fluid movement, and the easy acceleration. So Jamison Williams, I think, battles through that injury issue and definitely goes first before the other two. Zach, you the same? Yes, I think my dog agrees as well. My dog is over <laughs> there. I like it. And, you know, God, it's okay. so upset. But, yeah, no, uh, NFL loves speed. At, at the end of the day, it's it's a speed-driven league. And, and even with the ACL, kind of like what you guys were saying, that, like, I don't think the NFL is too worried about ACL injuries anymore. I mean, we're seeing these guys come back quick from from these injuries. George I mean, Pickens yeah. tore his in the spring, and he played in the national championship game. He played in the SEC regular season. And so, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. that's that's the timetable you're looking at for some really? of these guys. Yeah, and we're even seeing it while, where the NFL doesn't even care much about Achilles injuries anymore. It's, like, it's wild. Well, the it's recovery wild. in the science getting these guys back has been pretty impressive. Look at, look at uh, Eric Fisher played week two for the Colts, I believe, or whatever. When he Did tore he, really, yeah. he play? Well, he, he was out there. the corpse of Eric Fisher was on the field for the Colts. But uh, the other guy was uh, Dio Dambo, tore his Dave. Achilles pre-draft process, and he was back by, I think, week six, week seven for the Colts. Wow. But it's what like, the Washington, the Washington, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his name, but the Washington Huskies defensive end outside linebacker tore his Achilles in spring practice too. And he yeah. came back in the middle of the Pac-12 season. Like yeah. he's going back to school. So we don't, I don't need to learn to pronounce his name yet, but he just tore his Achilles too. And he came back and it was still Washington's best pass rusher by the midpoint of the Pac-12 season. Yeah. Science is going crazy with this stuff and repairing these guys. But at the end of the day, Williams is such a freaky athlete. NFL loves that stuff. I mean, we're only a few years removed from when like Will Fuller and all those guys were going in the first yeah. round and, and the NFL just loves speed and Williams. I think they can talk themselves around the ACL and yeah. you know, this guy will be a difference maker. So I, yeah, I think it'll be him, even though I love Pickens and Mechie so much. They're both so good. I, I agree though. I, I still think even though like he's going to be handicapped through the process by the ACL, I think Jamison Williams is the guy. I think he's another guy. It's one of those like NFL's not going to care. He's, the speed, I think he's, a, I think he's a good route runner. I think, they, and I think Maddie might have said something about the fluidity and like that's something that's just, it's different than about everybody in this class. Like he's just in a different tier when it comes to the fluidity through his frame. It's really impressive. Uh, so give me Jamison Williams as well. Let's talk about some guys that are in the secondary, uh, some early decla- declarations, uh, a couple of guys that again played in the national championship. Josh Job. Uh, cornerback Alabama, Alabama, um, Lewis sign. Sure. Seen, seen. We're still debating. It's be like a hard C somehow. Look at Kine. Kine. Just give us like, give us a couple more months and we'll have it down. Uh, I, you know, you get really good at names like Agbanya Okoronkwo. Like you're, we're going to get, we're going to know how to pronounce Lewis seen eventually, but also Andrew, Andrew Booth, uh, out of Clemson is another early entry. And Maddie, I don't know if there's a bigger Andrew Booth fan in this in this in the world than you when it comes to the NFL draft. You are all over this guy. Well, first of all, I, I gotta say, unfortunately, Josh Job did not play the national championship. Oh, that's game. right. My bad. He, yeah, he had to I, was, done. He I, had I to, said it and I was like, I'm not sure if he did actually. He had to miss it, which could have, you know played a part in Alabama losing. They gave up some contested catches because uh, underclassman number six was getting picked on a little bit. Job didn't play. Uh, I think Josh Job's just getting a nod here because everyone should know his name being an Alabama corner. I think he's definitely more of a late day two, early day three kind of draft pick. I just don't know if he can run. He's overly physical. Don't know if he can run, but he's at least worth, you know, throwing out there. He's is coming into this draft class. So Josh Job's a big physical corner. Chiefs like those kind of guys when you get to the middle rounds. But Andrew Booth Jr., yeah, I think I've talked about him before already, but uh, one, 
Zach might also be as big of a fan as I am on Andrew <laughs> Jr. So like the, we're multiplying slowly but surely, but it's the same thing as Jamison Williams to me. He just moves different than other guys at his position. The body control, the fluidity through his cuts that don't even ever look sharp, but they are. It just doesn't look like it's effortful for him at all. Then the physicality in the run game. I think he's the entire package. Yes, he's going to need a good DB coach to teach him, you know, the proper footwork for every technique to read leverage of receivers, route stems, and stuff like that. There's work to be done, technically speaking, but all of the movement skills, the effort, the want-to, the swagger you need to play corner in the NFL, it's all there in spades. Like, I couldn't be a bigger fan of Andrew Booth Jr. Yes. Yes. Andrew <laughs> Booth Jr. Yes. <laughs> you got, if you got anything else to add, Zach, go for it. I only, I've only seen him hit guys on screens. I haven't even seen anything else of his game. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, uh, Absolute freak. Absolute freak. He might not even be the freakiest athlete at corner in this class, but because of That's Stingley. True. Uh, but my gosh, he yeah, he just moves at a different speed and it's just so fluid. That's the biggest thing. You know, there there's there's no wasted movement with him. Uh so while he's learning techniques and while he's learning I think uh ball tracking and just awareness on that is a big issue too. Uh, but while he's kind of, you know, getting up to speed in that stuff he'll be going at hundred miles per hour and punching dudes in the mouth. Like it, I just love corners like this. I, Cause you know, the battle between a corner and receiver is so physical and just so mental that having got like Booth who will get in your face and punch you in the face. Like that, that's the guy I need. Uh, so yeah, Andrew Booth is my corner one. I, I love him. I, I love him so much. He's so good. <laughs> I don't remember which one of you said it. One of you were, when we were in the DM said something basically the effect of if you like Stingley, and you value Stingley, there's no reason you shouldn't be considering Andrew Booth in that same breath because of, you know, the athletic profile of rawness, all those kind of things. I don't, which one of those, was it you, Zach, or was it you, Maddie? I, it sounds like something either one of us could say. <laughs> I think too nuanced for me. That's Maddie. I, I would just take Booth regardless. <laughs> I think they play a little differently, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, if you're looking at drafting Derek Stingley at number three, you pick at four and Stingley's off the board, then you should be taking Andrew Booth Jr. Like, I don't think there's any gap between them. So if you miss out, if Stingley's your one guy, if you miss out on him, just take Andrew Booth right after, and you're going to be just as happy. I wouldn't be shocked if Booth ends up being the better better pro. I think there's a little bit more to go to get there, but I would not be shocked if he ends up better in the NFL than Derek Stingley. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt about it. Um, all right, a couple running backs that declared uh, for Georgia as well that are probably worth talking about. Zamir White and James Cook, both guys uh, have, have dipped. Uh, James Cook was actually, I believe, there for four years, uh, or maybe more, and Zamir White was as well. As, I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, it's kind of weird with, all the COVID rules and this year is going to be particularly weird because you're going to see a lot of guys that are technically declaring for the draft that probably have a degree uh, or, or close to it. But um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bizarre. So like uh, Zamir white was technically, I believe just a regular junior. He might've been a red shirt junior. I'm not sure exactly what the designation was, but he was there for four years. Zamir white is the bigger of the two backs for Georgia. Um, he is, I, 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 mean, I, I don't think like, I don't really know if he's got like a dominant trait that I'm geeked out about, but he's kind of like in the same kind of, I would say kind of breath and he's going to be in the same kind of tier. I haven't done my evaluation because he's just a technically uh, an early entry, but initial thoughts. I think, you know, he might be tiered similarly to where I have like a James Robinson. Like, I think he's a quality prospect. I think he's going to do well in the NFL. There's a path to success for him to run. Um, it's just going to, I don't think, he, I think he's kind of a master nut. Now, James Cook is a guy I am very excited about, 
But again, Maddie Lane might be more excited about James Cook than I am. Listen, we're just doing like the Maddie Lane my guy list today. It sounds like um, so that's cool with me. Yeah, James, in a draft class that has very the offensive side of this draft, especially the skill positions, like you're gonna pick outliers like Jameson Williams out, but there's just not a lot of speed in the skill positions. It's a lot more technical guys, a lot more size. There's not a ton of speed. So when you have a running back group that doesn't have a lot of speed, and then you all of a sudden see James Cook hit one of the most wicked cutbacks on a counter run that you're ever going to see that national championship game. And just him take off downfield with that burst. You watch him run that little wheel route against Michigan and just torch the safety that was on him. Like that speed plays and you combine that speed with his movement style, which is very much identical to his brother, Dalvin cook, who everybody should know as the, one of the best running backs in the NFL for the Vikings. It never looks herky jerky. It doesn't look like they're moving particularly fast. It's just so smooth and fluid. Chiefs fans are gonna know this. I'm gonna say this name. I'm not saying he's this player, but this is the movement style. It's Jamal Charles. Like he moves in a similar way that no matter how hard of a cut he takes, it just looks fluid and easy. That's how he runs. So you see this cutback on counter, and you're like, oh yeah, okay, that was normal. Then you go back and you look and you're wait, he just jumped three gaps or moved three gaps without skip stepping, without taking a hop. He just changed three gaps immediately. I love James Cook. I think he's a great change of pace back. I don't know if he can be an RB1 in the NFL because he's not that big. He can't do everything, but you want to pair him as your second running back, That please have at it. I would love James Cook for the Chiefs because I think he would fill the everything they're missing out of that position right now. Yeah, and you know, Kent just mentioned there, he said that he would have Zamir White in the same category as James Robinson is what he said there. So... I'm curious, in the same way that you graded James Robinson a couple years ago, where'd you have James Robinson in the guy? Oh, did I say James Robinson? <laughs> you meant Brian Robinson, I, no, I, meant I'm Brian assuming. Robinson. I'm I meant Brian Robinson. Don't get me started on <laughs> that one. I literally heard you say James Robinson. Like, I, saw, like, bring this I was up. wondering why I was wondering why you were looking at me weird like that. Like, are do you are you a bigger Zabir White fan than I thought? <laughs> no, sorry, Brian Robinson. Yeah, I I yeah, James Cook. Okay. You, you can see where I would have got tongue-tied. Thanks. No, Thanks. I just wanted to bring up the James Robinson thing. That's all yeah. I wanted to bring up. Do you Have you watched – have you had a chance to get your eyes too much on either Zamir Wire or James Cook? Do you have any thoughts on either of them, Maddie Or uh, Zach? See, I can't get anybody's name right. Uh, I will say whenever, whenever I watch Cook, I just think Dalvin Cook every time I see him. <laughs> yes. I mean, it literally looks like In Dalvin. the face, too. If you see him without his helmet. It's like they're without related. With his helmet, uh, just – just with the jersey on it just looks like Dalvin Cook uh and I remember I was watching him uh, a couple times at Georgia I'm like I don't know the other running backs in this class but this is probably RB1 just because he looks really good <laughs> I don't know the other running backs yet though all right but, I think he's sitting, like uh, I don't have to watch running backs ever again covering the Colts I don't ever have to watch running backs again so. yeah they, yeah you're you're not gonna be having to worry about that for too much no, James no. Cook's like, James Cook is interesting to me because like I think he could be a very impactful player and like i think there are traits about him that i understand why like he might be the best at what he is and it for the running back position if that makes sense but i agree with what maddie said earlier i think he's i think he's a guy um he's he's a committee back i don't think he's a guy that's ever gonna be you know your rb1 i think he's gotta kind of be in a very specific role but man there's so much to lie about like like about him he's light on his feet um, the smoothness that he runs with good vision dynamic as a pass catcher. Like I'm listing all these qualities off that you love. 
it's just like it's it's frame, it's size, it's I mean he's not he's not gonna be a factor as a pass protector, I don't think, because of his of his frame. Wait a um, second, let's go back to that blitz pickup on the game winning touchdown. I'm I know, but there's just there's I only know. so much you're gonna be able to do as a as a as an NFL guy at one ninety. And that's the thing that bothers me and worries me about, you know, his projection is there's so much good, you know, there's so many things to like about him. And Maddie did a good job profiling, and I, I I'm lockstep with him. Um, it, but he'd be a fun piece to add in KC. I mean, that's a dynamic. That is a dynamic weapon that you can do a lot of different things with. Uh, I would sign up in a heartbeat for that. Real quick, I'm just gonna list a few guys that are returning, Maddie. And if you have any thoughts, uh, Henry Tooto, two o two o. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's 100 henry two two he's gotta get on the train before he's linebacker one next year yeah zach harrison from ohio state isaiah foskey uh from notre dame zach charbonnet from ucla any quick thoughts on any of those guys yeah i mean henry two two toto whatever it may be i thought he was really we don't have to learn his name till next year that's true. He was really impressive for Tennessee two years ago. Craig and I actually talked about him numerous times during the season because he jumped out to us. He then transfers to Alabama. You think he's going to take a step back? No. He becomes their their Mike linebacker. He becomes the quarterback of that defense in one year of a Nick Saban defense. He's making the calls. He's doing all the crazy stuff. I don't think he was quite as dynamic for Alabama as he was for Tennessee, but he was asked to do a lot more. I was kind of impressed he went back. I thought he was going to come out into the draft for sure, but it is a loaded linebacker group. So like, I get it. If he waits till next year, I don't know the lay of the land of the linebacker room, but there's a lot better chance that he's going to be a top 50 pick next year than he is this year. So I get the decision. It's like, he's a guy to definitely keep on your short list going into next season. Zach, are there any of those guys that you're kind of keeping an eye on that you like that you're disappointed didn't come or aren't ending the draft? Uh, I heard good things about Fo- uh, is it Foskey or Foxy? I don't even know. I think it's Foskey or whatever. I don't even know. Isaiah Foskey. Yeah, Foskey. Yeah, uh, I heard good things about him. I think Kyle Krabs talked about him as like Harold Landry esque or whatever. Um, I just never got around to watching him before he went back, so I I don't have an opinion on him. I just heard good things, and then Harrison, I was putting off. Uh, and now I can continue to put off. I feel good about that. I, that was a great decision on my part. Well, <laughs> yeah, you're an Ohio I, State I, fan. Yeah, give us your Zach Harrison takes. You're an Ohio State fan. You watch them play. I think I it's know. a good decision for him Ohio to come State back. Fan. I was a little bit more optimistic about his outlook this year. And I, I mean, he's a. I think he's, you know, he's a good player, but I think he probably made the right choice to come back. I don't think he took as big of a step as some people were anticipating, and that's okay. Uh, real quick on uh, <laughs> Zach Charbonnet. I'm trying to go find my grade for him. Round uh, one, right? It was, round one. <laughs> it was not round one. It was not round one. Kent fan, I kind of liked him. He, the thing is, everyone's making a big deal about this. While Kent looks us up, I'm going to filibuster. NFL. Mid, very small. I had a, a near, it was like the the lowest round four grade you could give somebody. Yeah, and just the big thing is, NFL's big running backs are the thing right now. All the 1,000-yard-plus rushers were 220-plus pound running backs. That's Zach Charbonnet. I mean, I don't think he's super dynamic. I don't even know if he runs behind his pads great, but he's just a big back that is hard to bring down. It's like there was some intrigue there based on the way the NFL appears to be going right now. But him going back as well as their quarterback, apparently Chip Kelly is got something in plan for like the last final run at UCLA before Lincoln Riley starts dominating the Pac-12, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zach, I, me and Maddie had the conversation last week and Zach Charbonnet just did about nothing for me. He's a bigger back. He's a smooth guy. Um, 
I don't, you're, I, I agree with him. I don't think he runs very well behind his pads. Um, he does fall. He does a decent job of following forward. Weirdly enough, wasn't though. he the guy who was like a former linebacker or something or former something? I can't remember what he was. I mean, he was uh, a he former played... high schooler. I mean, there's a lot of things he was former. <laughs> he played at Michigan. Um, he had to transfer out. I think when they got um the underclassmen running back in there, Quorum, I think's his name, and then Hassan mm-hmm. Haskins. Quorum came in. He transferred out to UCLA. He's very similar to Haskins. Like he runs. His... He might be better because he's a good slasher. He just doesn't run quite as hard. So it's just, it's a weird thing to have a 220 plus pound back that is a slasher that doesn't get tackled easily, but also doesn't run guys over. It's just a weird dynamic to watch as a runner. Yeah, uh, I think he, he, he good ball protection too. I think I noted that as well. I think he only had one fumble in his career as, uh, to this point. We'll see if that continues at UCLA because that's where he's going to be. Uh, all right, well, that is going to do it for the KCSN Draft Show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Be on the lookout for the next episode. We're starting to ramp up here, even though the Chiefs are still alive and well, and they will be alive and well even if you're listening to this on Monday. Real quick, Kent, if you're listening right now to this, jump over to kcsn.substack.com. I just put out my you know early draft season top fives for all the trench positions, so offensive tackle, interior offensive line, defensive tackle, defensive end, just the top five at each position explaining you know my general outlook on the position. So that's kcsn.substack.com. Go take a peek at that real quick because they're going to be getting a lot more draft, draft content coming through that substack here as the season goes along. Cool. Read, subscribe, listen, watch, whatever. We appreciate you. We'll catch you later. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P.